Hide your kids. Lock the doors. You're listening to HR's most dangerous podcast. Chad Sowash and Joel Cheeseman are here to punch the recruiting industry right where it hurts. Complete with breaking news, brash opinion, and loads of snark. Buckle up, boys and girls. It's time for the Chad and Cheese Podcast. Oh, yeah. It's National Double Cheeseburger Day. But when you're when you're in Nashville, it's double hot chicken day. You are listening to the Chad and Cheese podcast. This is your co-host Joel. Pass the sweet tea, Cheeseman. And this is Chad. Someone get me a fucking aspirin cell wash. <laughs> and on this week's abbreviated show from Wreckfest, CEOs get quiet. Grinder is back on the show, and Uber chases a rabbit. Let's do this. <laughs> and my voice is torn up. Feeling it. Too feeling many parties. It, feeling it. Yeah, shouting over everybody. Jeez. <laughs> There's been a lot of shouting. And it's not over. We got one more to, to do, man. The pontoon booze yeah. cruise tonight. I don't think that one's going to be as loud. There's not a there's not going to be a band on board. <laughs> there is. Well, not a band, but we have we have music, yeah. Oh, okay. M- music's we have fine. music. Everyone signed waivers. It could get ugly, dude. I don't I don't know what's gonna happen. <laughs> It's going to get ugly. This may be the last episode that you'll ever hear. It's going to be ugly. Yes. So three and a half hour drive down. We did the tin roof with uh, Aaron App and with our friends over at Plum. We had about 40 people, 65 on the wait list who were literally in the bar. We had like Mm -hmm. this little roped off section and that just went completely off the rails after that. It was just like too many people. So just come on, come on, come and enjoy. Yeah. Yeah, it was uh, it was wild. I mean, I, I don't think it's too ambitious to say that the two best parties that are going to happen at this show are ours. <laughs> I don't think that's too ambitious. I really don't. No, no. We actually had we actually had people leave another party that was happening while ours was happening, yeah. and they came to ours. And yeah, they were like a corporate yeah, party. That, yeah, they were like <laughs> that one was pretty lame. This is fucking rocking. Like, well, we're on Broadway. We got hot chicken. Free booze. Oh, again, hot chicken. We have hot chicken lollipops, dude. Come on. Like, yes, doesn't get any better than that. Little plum love all the way through, man. And then and then Dina Pirro, as soon as we soon as we show up, she starts rubbing my nose and beating me on the first week of fantasy football. Don't don't worry. I can't believe you brought up fantasy football for the mere fact that (laughs) you're in last place. (laughs) And you yeah. scored the lowest amount of points by a lot. In both my leagues, I didn't oh, hit 100 man. points in either fucking league, dude. Yeah. It was a bad week. Yeah. It was I got bad. beat, but I'm, I'm happy with my team. I had like 130 or 40 <laughs> points. Look, anyone huh. that has uh, the team that I played um, is going to be tough to beat. Uh, there's a receiver in <laughs> Miami who's pretty good. I don't know if you've heard of him. Uh, yeah. Yeah, he's yeah. Uh, he's pretty good. But it's week one. It's a long season, Chad. You can flip that last place to first place. Day one of Wreckfest, though, was beautiful. It was about 80 yeah. degrees. We're going to go ride the bull today. Okay, we couldn't yesterday. We were on stage pretty much all day yesterday. But that was – it was a it was a great time. I kept hearing from people. I was like, what did you like about today's show? And they kept talking about, I'm hearing new perspectives, which yeah. is really weird because they, we go to so many shows, but – 
getting Wreckfest into kind of like the groove here, into the mix here, there is going to be new perspectives, new ways that people present just being at Wreckfest versus all the other shows, which they all have their own personality. And that that was really cool. And there are a lot of Europeans here, by the way. Do they have their own personalities, though? I mean, most of the conferences we go to, it's the, the, the setup is pretty similar. Like, go to a session... Go get coffee in the expo hall. The voices are different, though, don't you think? What I'm saying is Wreckfest is unique, not just in the voices. Oh, yeah. And I don't think that mm-hmm. those shows are that different. In fact, I would say one of the major selling points of Wreckfest is it's not it's not HR tech. It's not Sherm talent. It's not the typical conference. And we knew that going in because we had experience in, in London. Yeah. But Americans, this, this is their first time. And, and we asked a, a sellout standing room only session that we had, you know, who's been here before it was about three or four, like who's, who's been in Nebworth and there are very few hands that went up. So this is going to be new to a lot of Americans uh, that are coming over. You're right. Weather's great. I think Nashville, no one's owned it. I think it's a great hip town. I know we've talked politically that it's a little bit of a minefield, but we've talked like name us a state in America where nobody, like no no one's going to get pissed off. Like until we start having conferences in banger, Maine, Uh, which would yeah. be great for our show because it'd be great one-liners. But until we have the banger, <laughs> banger main uh, conference, you're not going to go anywhere in America where someone's not going to get pissed off. No, no. And, and I mean, Nashville is very diverse. Yes, Tennessee is – it's got its problems. Hell, Texas, Florida. I mean, all Florida. the all the different states that you would even think – Denver, right? That you would yeah. think that you would want to go to. Uh, it, you're always going to find problems. Just find where your vibe is. And I'm telling you, man, this is a wreckfest town. I agree. I agree. Now, I, I, in terms of differences, I want to know get your take on what you saw that was different. Um, so, one few things I need. I think they need to work on. So, I asked about the Ferris wheel. Apparently, yeah. with a Ferris wheel, you have to drive huge nails into the ground, and there's like a water duct or something under the under irrigation the, system. They were like, we would flood the whole city of Nashville if we like put in the the bolts and whatever for the Ferris wheel. Also, Ferris wheels in America are a lot more expensive uh, than they are in England for whatever reason. Not like surprising. 10x, 10x uh, the cost. So they realize the visual uh, aesthetic that a Ferris wheel brings, and they're going to try, I think, to do something uh, in the future that's similar to that. The other thing is like the paid bar. The bar should be open like it is in England. I don't know what the differences were. So had, they just need a sponsor on that. Yeah. I mean, I, I think this is the first year. Yeah. Hack a, here's, mm-hmm. let me paint the visual. You had hack a job giving out tokens for free drinks. Okay. Yeah. So you had one line at the bar, which was like 20 deep. And then you had three cash registers for the cash bar, which no one was in. So you had this huge single file line <laughs> for people with tokens. So you got to figure out the free drinks, get a sponsor, get everyone lushed up by, you know, between three and five o'clock. Because most people left before the band started. There were two bands last night, and I think most people probably bounced before that. If you have the the skyline of Nashville behind your conference, that's cool, but it's also a lure to get people out of the conference and into downtown Nashville. Broadway, baby. When you're in a farm in England, like you're not going anywhere anytime <laughs> soon. Like you're kind of stuck there. No. So they kind of need you to are. figure out how do we keep people there? Getting them getting them yeah. lubricated with alcohol is one. And then and yeah. they kind of start the music early, maybe get a DJ to get the vibe going. They need to to figure figure that. I think one you out. have that, but you just use what you have here, and that's mm-hmm. Broadway, 
right? And maybe you cut it off a little bit early. You have some music that's playing, all that other fun stuff. But you tell people to go out and enjoy themselves on the town and then come back tomorrow, right? I mean, just you can't fight it. You can't fight the magnetic lure of Broadway. And you shouldn't because that's what makes Nashville such a great, I think, event town to be in. So, yeah. Yeah. One thing I do have, though, is I think the vendors that we see in London – They really put together like the games. And I mean, they really go all out. The the vendors are going to have to step it up here in the US, right? They are just not making muster like they do from from uh, the the London show. It was funny because Plum, I think they probably had the most traffic because every female in the place wanted to go get their hair braided, get their hair done, get a little tinsel in it or something like that. And it was like, that was like a huge draw. But we're used to like games and fun and all this stuff all over the place. There was that, it just was muted compared to that of, of London. Yeah, I don't know how you get the, some vendor needs to step up you know, hack a job in London had the double decker booth, the, yeah. the exclusive party on top, the mixologist. Like someone needs to step up in that way so everyone follows suit. But yeah, the vendors need to get on it. This is not HR tech. This is not hangout in the exhibit hall. This is a party, and the vendors have a big part in that. So you you took the words yeah. right out of my mouth. The vendors need to step it up for next year. Yeah. Well, and I got to give it to hack a job because they're going to be the booze cruise sponsor. They're the ones powering the booze cruise. So what they lacked in their double decker on the actual event, they're making it up for the booze cruise. Uh, But yes, we definitely want to see that ratcheted up. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. Uh, We'll see you next year. Wreckfest for sure. Wherever you are, uh, we will be here. Allegedly 1200 people, but but, uh, got tickets and they're hoping to ratchet that up to maybe 15, 1600 next year. I think that's easy. I think this will go up to two. Uh, There's just too much FOMO, too much word of mouth, too much stuff going on. People will continue to show up and these changes will be made. So if it's not obvious, we're slightly hungover. I'm enjoying a coffee. If you're watching on YouTube, Chad is wearing sunglasses. This is going to be an abbreviated show we're Nick's in the birthdays. We're Nick's in the regular shout outs. We're Nick's in the fantasy football leaderboard. We'll get back to it, kids. And anything else that you're used to. Uh, but uh, yeah, enjoy this shortened show. Actually, I need the news, the news soundbite for that, don't I? Let's try this again. Topics. Oh, you had it. Okay, I get I it. Okay. it. I had it. I just pushed the wrong there button. Is. Hangover. Hangover. Like I said, hangover. Okay. <laughs> I get it. I get hey, it. Hey, I want to push the step bro soundbite so bad, but I don't. Okay. <laughs> so quick update before we get to topics, Chad. Uh, we called uh-huh. it. We called it. What's up? Yeah. No uh, deal. Uh, this is from the information who actually we were talking about last week. Deal who is embroiled in a government crackdown on online trading sites uh, have paused providing payout services to several businesses in that category mm-hmm. as it conducts a review of their operations, end quote. Yes, we called it. These types of quote unquote trading companies uh, represent less than 1% of deals revenue. So mm-hmm. it's best for optics and business. And remember to all those startups out there, we know you're moving fast. And sometimes, you know, like in this case, you break shit. The key is cleaning up your mess after breaking. And that's what deals doing right now. So kudos to deal. Yep. Yep. No doubt. Uh, look, they were highlighted in, in the information, which is a subscription only online 
publication. Very influential. Uh, they're typically mm-hmm. writing stories about Google and Facebook. The fact that deal was in this was a big deal. Rippling, a competitor, <laughs> followed suit and said, we're, we're nixing all these prop uh, oh, trading yeah. firms yeah. from our portfolio. Deal followed suit. Uh, we called it. But it wasn't a real – it was kind of obvious that it was going to happen. Uh, it happened quickly, though. Yeah. So, so kudos, kudos to deal. All right. Let's get to our first story. Oh, this is fun. This is mainly a soundbite that we're going to play and, and comment on the other side. But I do want to give some context to this. This is, a, uh, this is Tim Gurner. Tim Gurner is CEO of the Gurner Group. So he probably owns the place or his dad did or something. There's some connection yeah, there. Probably. They're in Australia. Uh, they're an institutional grade private development design and lifestyle business with a $10 billion uh, portfolio that focuses on transforming transforming landscapes and environments <laughs> where people can live their best life. So basically, it's a service for rich people to make them feel rich and remind them that they're rich and probably have a lot of service people that work for them uh, that cater to these rich folks. So we're going to play the soundbite here and comment on the other side. Here we go. I think the problem that we've had is that we've, you know, we, we have... People decided they didn't really want to work so much anymore through COVID, and that has had a massive issue on productivity. You know, tradies have definitely pulled back on productivity. You know, they, they have been paid, paid a lot to do not too much in the last few years, and we need to see that change. We need to see unemployment rise. Unemployment has to jump 40 50%, in my view. We need to see pain in the economy. We need to remind people that they work for the employer, not the other way around. I mean, there is a, there's been a systematic change where employees feel the employer is extremely lucky to have them um, as opposed to the other way around. So it's a dynamic that has to change. We've got to kill that attitude and that has to come through hurting the economy, which is what the whole global, you know, the, the world is trying to do. The governments around the world are trying to increase unemployment to get that to some sort of normality. And we're seeing it. I think every employer now is seeing it. I mean, there is definitely massive layoffs going off. People might not be talking about it, but people are definitely laying people off and we're starting to see less arrogance in the employment market and that has to continue because that will cascade across the cost balance oh, all right fuck. chad take a breath and let us know what you think about mr gurner's comments so i mean they're, they're saying the quiet part out loud and you know that every ceo is thinking this right it's just oh, that yeah. some have much better optics and they're better at narrative mm-hmm. um so here's the quote you heard it i'm gonna go over it again we need to see unemployment rise unemployment has to jump 40 to 50 percent in my view we need to see pain Mm-hmm. in the economy end quote we need to see pain in the economy so those are his words and now you know he isn't alone he he didn't just conjure this up one day this is what is talked about in rich people circles how mm-hmm. do we get the peasants back in the fields pain pain is the answer and and, yep. and let's get this straight what pain actually is kids unemployment rates rise you don't have a job no job you go into poverty mode. Mm-hmm. Poverty equals pain, period. Right. And how do we how do we strip the quote unquote arrogance away from them? He's framing a living wage benefits people wanting to be treated like humans as arrogance. And this is something that rich people have had the money to, to, to really prop up with uh, the likes of the Milton Freemans of the world over the years, right? To have these people as kind of like their 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 voice boxes. Mm-hmm. Now they're coming out and they're saying the quiet shit out loud. And this, kids, is what 
every single fucking board of directors is talking about right here. Yeah. This is it. Yeah. You know, I'm guessing uh, the Gurner group is not publicly traded because no public <laughs> CEO would say some shit Doubtful. like this out loud. No. Uh, he's also Australian, which, he means it, which means he survives 90 percent of the world's venomous uh, animals. So he doesn't give a shit uh, about what anybody <laughs> says. This yeah. is uh, let's be honest. The, the powers that be have hated the last two to three years. They've hated. Uh, the power going over to labor. They've hated the work from home movement. The, the, the structure that they've gotten comfortable with of ownership and capital uh, got screwed for the last two or three years and they're taking it back. Mm-hmm. And this guy's uh, comments are exactly what others are thinking. Look, in case you missed it, zoom, the work from home company is getting people back yeah. to the office. To me, that's the quintessential uh, sign that this shit is over. What, is fascinating to me is that workers are somewhat fighting back. Uh, the UAW um, negotiations right now with with the auto workers, which yeah. I think I think is going to be really tough for them uh, because of something called Mexico, uh, and Mexico is is opening up uh, manufacturing with cars. I know, I think Mercedes and Volkswagen have just opened up, uh, some facilities in Mexico. Like that's going to be a nuclear option that I think Ford and, and GM can use popular culture. You have a song called Richmond North of Richmond, um, that if you haven't heard it, take a listen. Uh, it's basically about the rich fuckers that are screwing us over and the workers opinion of that. Ultimately, rich people have money and poor people have votes. And the sad truth is like no politician on either side is really talking about workers and labor unions and, you know, cutting off Mexico or, or making it uh, painful to do so. We're stuck in this rut of talking about indictments, uh, ageism, uh, you name it. And maybe that's what, you know, the power structure wants. They want us kind of looking over here and not thinking about the real issues of workers and poverty and things like that. So this guy said it, everyone is thinking it on the power end of things. And unfortunately, unless people vote and put in people that are going to protect their jobs, the money is going to win here. And uh, data says young people don't vote. Most people don't vote enough. Uh, and money's going to win if they don't vote, period. Yeah, but I think they can vote with their feet, too. We'll talk about that at Grinder in a minute. But uh, the UAW, they've actually talked about how the CEO got a 40% raise, yep. and that was a fuck you to the employees, right? Especially after the, the employees and the union, literally, they capped salaries during COVID, d- during the hard times, right? So they capped, and they kept everything low because yep. they knew that there was a problem, and they wanted to help out the car companies. And then guess what? The car companies stab them in the fucking back. The CEO takes a 40% fucking increase, right? And the funny part is we talk about the, the, the Richmond, north of Richmond. Again, it's a division kind of a thing. What about the Richmond, south of Richmond? Yeah. What about the Richmond east and west of Richmond? Right. This is all a ploy in trying to get the peasants to fight each other. I mean, yeah. it just it drives me fucking crazy. And the horrible part is what he is saying is true. The tools of government have to deal with inflation with literally caveman like I mean they're using they're they're using rocks and scissors for God's sakes. Um 
raise interest rates. Well, what is, who does that hurt? Does it hurt an asshole like this? No. It hurts people trying to buy cars, buy homes, you know, the common Milk, people shit. Eggs. Bread. Yes. Yeah. Instead of cracking down on the other side of the inflation problem with investigations on companies gouging, it's it's pretty simple. Just look at those companies' quarterly profits and the calls where they are bragging about overinflated profits. Right. We aren't doing what we should to be able to ensure that these assholes like this understand that he's not the one doing the work. Yeah. Right. The people on the line are doing the work. They deserve pay. They deserve living wages. Um, and another quote from The Guardian, which you will love, he's engaging in the ancient neoliberal habit of dehumanizing working people. It's almost like that guy who came down the escalator and called Mexicans murders and rape, rape, rapists, yeah. right? Breed division among the non-rich people and then allow the peasants to fight it out themselves while assholes like this watch from the safety of the ivory tower. It just, it it drives me crazy. And the thing is fucking people listening to this whole Richmond North of Richmond thing. Uh They, they like that, that fear and that conflict. And it's like, guys, you're, you're, you're fighting the wrong motherfuckers. Yeah. It's, it's also fascinating in regards to, leverage that workforces have like we talked about the ups drivers people need packages there's not a lot of competition to do that car companies you have the ev revolution you have a car company in tesla that is not unionized so it's not it's not a level playing field whereas it is for the ups workers so this this dynamic is going to play out and if you have leverage you do if you don't Get your ass back to work. You're lucky to have a job is basically the mentality. Well, that's the mentality. The The problem is if jobs remain plentiful in the market, yep. uh, they, there's nothing they can do about it other than other than do the, the stupid shit and lose uh, great talent and and then say that, you know, that great talent was arrogant. So they left. Uh, yeah, they, they weren't arrogant. They just wanted fairness that's all they're asking for and and watching again uaw ceo getting a 40 percent raise while all the workers who are doing the hard back-breaking fucking work they they agreed to keep their wages low and now they want a piece of their own and i get yep. it man yep yep it's going to mexico and mark my words you're going to hear political political rhetoric around anti-mexico or like cut mexico off from these jobs uh, i think you're going to hear that in 2024. Yeah. It's we'll not going to be, it's not going to be focused on any CEOs or boards or any of that shit. It's, it's all going to be the little people, <laughs> all the little people, baby. Oh man. I love it. This, this is a theme show. This is like dark side of the moon. The whole theme is on this. Whole thing. So, so we'll be right. We'll be right back. And holy shit. Grinder is back on the show. Everybody again. I know. All right, Chad grinder is back. On the show, Chad, Grinders' returned office policy led to nearly half of its staff leaving. I'll, res- I'll say that again. Half of the staff leaving. The policy required employees wow. to relocate to designated hub cities or leave with severance following a unionization effort. Grinder United Union filed unfair labor charges after 80 plus workers faced forced resignations due to a return to office policy following unionization, alleging retaliation and silencing by the company remaining staff continues organizing. Chad, your take on 
Grinder News. Have employers just lost their fucking minds? I mean, not to mention Grinder is is wanting now to try to start help helping other companies with their hiring, right? But they can't even get their own fucking house in order. Um, many of these workers who, who you'd actually said, they were hired to be remote workers. Mm-hmm. And now they're being forced to relocate. Is this a, a layoff in disguise? Could yep. be, because they probably know that most of these remote workers are literally just going to go ahead and take the severance. Right. And they're going to say, well, you know, didn't didn't align with corporate culture. Uh, it, it was it was really just a layoff. Right. It was, it was really a layoff. But even if this is a layoff tactic, you can't expect to know who's going to eject and who's going to stay. And if you're getting rid of great top talent, I mean, this is just not how business is done. Companies thought that they had a predict a productivity problem before. This is just going to exacerbate that problem. Low pro- productivity has little to nothing to do with remote work. On the contrary, remote workers work more. The productivity problem lands squarely on the shoulders of leadership. Mm-hmm. They're, they're losing people left and right. They can't fill positions fast enough. And the staff that have stayed behind are stretched way too thin and they're doing everybody else's job who left. Right. So you're having a productivity problem it has nothing to do with the people working remotely it has to do with your stupid ass leaders who are playing these control issue games. I blame Elon Musk. Uh, Elon laid off 80 percent of the tech support staff at X Twitter uh, and by most accounts, Hasn't lost a lot in terms of serviceability. Uh, at least that is the popular sentiment. Other big tech companies followed suit, and now we're seeing gr- the grinders of the world, the app makers of the world, follow suit. However, people hate the headline layoffs. They can avoid the headline of layoffs if they do this bullshit. If they say we're back yeah. to the office, you got to live in these hub cities. Sorry, I don't know if they offered relocation. Probably not. Just said, hey, the party's over. You need to live uh, within a certain radius of a of a hub or a headquarters. And this is a very popular strategy. Uh, we're seeing this on a regular basis. It's very yeah. convenient. People just leave. You don't have – I mean, they're paying them severance, which is great, but a lot of companies aren't. Yeah. They're saying, good luck. Thanks for playing. Uh, and in the process, they get to reduce headcount. They make shareholders happy because they're following Elon's lead of being a much leaner tech company. And uh, this is what you get. So the good news is startups are getting money. I mean, I look at the news every day, not just for employment, but who's getting money. Like we predicted AI is going to create so many more opportunities. A lot of these people are going to start their own companies, their own apps. It's going to be painful in the, in the short term, but I think heading into next year, we're going to see some exciting companies, some really great uh, startups that couldn't afford the talent that was working at Facebook and Apple they're going to start bringing these folks in, making them owners of the company. And we're going to see some really exciting things uh, happen. There's just going to be a, a lot of pain uh, for the next six to 12 months for a lot of a lot of workers. Well, and, and we've 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 talked about it. Those companies, the Facebook, the fan companies, they overhired. They were literally trying to starve the market because they had so much fucking capital. Right. They're trying to. And, and this is this is if you have the money, if you were a rich company like a Facebook or a Google, something, uh, something like that, you, your profit margins are such that you can waste cash, right? And yep. starving the market, your competitors of great talent is a way to do that. I, 
it shouldn't be legal, but how are you going to fucking enforce something like that? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but that, but that's what, that's what's happened. And I agree hundred percent. These people are going to come back in the market. They're going to work for startups. They're going to, they're going to start their own, yep. uh, companies and we're just, we're going to see a lot of innovation come out of it. Yeah. So our, our buddy at, at Van Hack, uh, Ilya, who's a big fan of the show. I'm, I know he's listening for sure. Hi, Ilya. Um, Talk to him. His job is to basically uh, bring tech talent and companies together uh, focused in Canada, which we all love. But he commented that he believed August was like the bottom in terms of hiring tech. And he thinks that from here on out, not necessarily hockey stick, but it's going to trend up significantly. And I think um, our sentiment uh, reflects that. So good times ahead, hopefully. And um, yeah, there's going to be some real exciting stuff, I think, in terms of new companies. Well, and you've got this other asshole that we were just talking about who was like, we need pain in the market. You've got Mark Benioff, who told MSNBC, quote, I'm a remote worker. I've always been a remote worker my my whole life. I don't work well in office. I just it just doesn't work for my with my personality. And we're going to see companies, some companies continue to treat their employees like adults, right? They're going to hold their feet to the fire with, with uh, project deadlines, with goals, with all these things that we mm-hmm. all as adults understand. And if we don't meet those marks, then, you know, we, we, we have the opportunity to get our ass fired. Right. But if we overachieve those uh, again, the, we're, we're giving the people that we hired, we trusted them. We hiring them. We trust them in our company. Now we have to just allow them to do their work. And the problem is most of these iron fist CEOs and and management that's out there, they don't know how to manage this. They don't know how to manage it. And that is a problem of management and leadership, not of the employees. Right. Right. You know, there were a lot of tools early on that were supposed to solve this whole engagement and tracking and monitoring. Apparently, they're not working um, as well as they <laughs> promised. My hope is that all the uh, the new startups that are founded by these these folks commit to remote work like they're they've been burned, like they're going to commit to yeah. like not being in an office or having an office. And I think we're, we're headed towards a, a two class company society where you're either work, work, you're in the office or you're not. And we'll see. We'll see who wins that as it shakes out. Well, I think there's a hybrid, uh, yeah. you know, variable that's there too, where you allow somebody to actually say, "Hey, look, when you're going to come in, I, again?" It, Cummins Engine Company in Columbus, Indiana, they have uh, they they downsize their footprint from 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 an office space standpoint, and you have specific days that you check in to say that I'm going to come into the office to work, right? So that they know that they have enough space. There's a space management, those types yeah. of things, but they trust their employees uh, enough as adults to say, hey, "Look, when do you want to come in? You know when you." know when your meetings are, you know, when you should be in the office to do these things. And then when you don't, uh, it's just, and that's been happening for, for years with commons. Yeah. I think we have to get to some, uh, resolution to what work like back to the office is or return to office. Cause to me, hybrid is back to the office. If I have to go to the office two, three days a week, uh, that means I have to live within an area that I can get to the office. Remote work to me is, uh, my company is in Chicago, but I have a, a van and I just travel the country and set up shop at Airbnbs. Like to me, that's remote work. Um, if you go to the office at all, unless it's like, oh, once once a month, we're going to fly you into town. And you're going to work from the office. Like to me, that's not 
that's not remote work. Um, so anyway, resolution in terms of what office is, office is at least one day a week that you have to be in an office. You're not a remote worker. Yeah. Yeah. If you're, if you're, if it's a mandate, yes. Yeah. I, I agree hundred percent because if you can just, let's say for instance, I do work close to the office, but I do, like you said, I go to Portugal, work out of my, my, my place there or an Airbnb somewhere yep. on the East coast or West coast or something like that. If I have the flexibility to do those things, that to me, again, the autonomy as an employee, as an adult, I, I think, I think that that to me constitutes uh, remote work. But yes, if there's a mandate that you have to come into the office one time a week or, or what have you, yeah, yeah. that's, that is, more of a of a return to office right right maybe uber will save us all when we get back oh jesus news out of uber chad have you taken an uber since you've been here in in nashville uh lyft i've i've taken lifts lift much cheaper yes i i cost compare uh, and Lyft <laughs> always is cheaper so if you can do it yes. uh, Lyft Lyft tends to be uh, the the selection anyway rideshare app Uber is reportedly working on a service similar to TaskRabbit allowing users to hire people for various tasks beyond driving and food deliveries the potential new service codenamed Chore was discovered in the hidden code of Uber's iPhone app users can hire a tasker for a minimum of one hour specify the task duration and preferred arrival time and the app will calculate the cost based on the task's time requirement chad what's your take on uber taking it to the rabbit the quest for uber's continual profitability you know profitability (laughs) they're just trying everything let's throw everything at the wall and see what we can do but i but i but i do believe an app like this if it's done right, could kill companies like Thumbtack, Angie, and other service apps. Yep. Um, because again, mo- many people use Uber. Uh, I know that you know when we're in a in a city somewhere, uh, Julie will get Uber Eats if we just don't want to go out, right? Yep. So that is an add-on service. Um, but you know, if Uber really wants to 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 do this, I think they buy. A, a thumbtack or an Angie or something like that so that they have all that, all that uh, contractor or gig base yeah. that's automatically there. And it's just add water and you, and you put this app uh, pulled together and it's just, it's just a, a much easier way to do what Angie and the thumbtacks of the world have been doing for years. And I mean, that's literally, it's just, it, it's, it's uh lead gen is all they do. It's lead gen. This could be more than that, which I think would be really cool. Yeah. Uh, TaskRabbit has the benefit of being owned uh, by Ikea, oddly enough. Uh, We talked about that a few years ago. If you've never put together an Ikea couch, you know uh, a little help can go a long way, which I think was the the precipice for uh, Ikea YouTube, Ikea, but, Ikea and, and Ryan Reynolds. So YouTube, Ikea and Ryan Reynolds, fucking hilarious. Go ahead. Sorry. I have no idea what you're talking about. Uh, I'll Google <laughs> oh, it's it later. Hilarious. Uh, yes. but these are these are mostly fringe fringe companies. They're they're kind of features, I guess. I don't think any of them, Thumbtack, Angie, uh, are public companies. So yeah, they seem Angie was. I don't Angie know because they, they were they were Angie's acquired. List yeah, they were acquired. It, yeah. So I yeah I don't. It's not my lane, but I don't think there's any like you know, take off success stories around uh, this business. Look, Elon must have some serious uh, envy about Uber because Uber is what I think 
Elon wants X to be sort of an everything app. Mm-hmm. I need something delivered. I need a ride. I need like, by the way, I love scooters, uh, Nashville full of scooters. Uh, I'm on scooter, <laughs> scooter alert, everybody, if you're driving the streets of Nashville. Yes. So they're becoming this sort of whatever I need. I can go to this quote unquote super app and get it. And it to me, it makes perfect sense that they would add this option. I think any contractor, they already know about Uber. They're going to put their profile in there and we'll see can they can they strangle Angie out of business? Can they strangle uh, the the thumbtacks out of business? I guess we'll see. But I think that's Uber's goal. I think they just want to suffocate everybody to where they're the only player, and we go to them for all of our shit that we want, all of our conveniences. And this makes perfect sense. So, how many drivers become furniture? Uh, you know, put togetherers. I don't know. There's going to be some bleed over, um, but yeah, it's it's going to be successful. People will see it on, when they get a ride, like oh, now I can get someone to put my uh, my grill together uh, on Uber, and I don't have to go to these other services. <laughs> and by the way, Uber doesn't have to advertise like the other services do because it's so sort of ubiquitous with our daily yeah. lives and when we travel. So yeah. they don't have the marketing expenses that an Angie or a Thumbtack does. So yeah, I think it's a good move. Uh, if I'm Angie or the others, I'm thinking like shit. What's our next move? What are we doing? I'm thinking let's let's put in a really good bid to get bought, to get acquired by Uber. Because I mean those those companies are legacy. They're old style lead gen. I mean, this is this is something new. It's it's much better. They just need a database like in Angie, uh, because they have like the plumbers and the carpenters and the handymen and all those guys. Um, will drivers do it? Maybe, but I mean, you don't, you don't want to like hang your hat on that, right? You want a database of these people right out of the gate. So if, if they go full steam, hopefully we see an acquisition. Yeah. And I don't, I don't know who would buy some of those companies. I mean, they're so fragmented. They're so localized. It's sort of like Groupon, right? Like Groupon was huge locally, but like <laughs> yeah. other services came yeah. along or coming. So I don't know who would buy these guys, but that, that is an interesting, interesting notion. We'll keep our eye on it. But until then, Chad, my yes. Uber is here to take me to Wreckfest for day two. <laughs> I'm going to get another cup of coffee. I'll see you on the booze cruise, my friends. Yes. We out. We out. Wow. Look at you. You made it through an entire episode of the Chad and Chase podcast. Or maybe you cheated and fast forwarded to the end. Either way, there's no doubt you wish you had that time back. Valuable time you could have used to buy a nutritious meal at Taco Bell. Enjoy a pour of your favorite whiskey, or just watch big booty Latinas and bug fights on TikTok. No, you hung out with these two chuggleheads instead. Now go take a shower and wash off all the guilt, but save some soap, because you'll be back. Like an awful train wreck, you can't look away. And like Chad's favorite western, you can't quit them either. We out.